Hey everyone, this episode of Sully, a narrative podcast about PGA professional Tom Sullivan, is brought to you by The Imperfect Game and It's Just Soap. Did you know that most store-bought body washes and soap bars are made with toxic ingredients that are harmful to your skin and impossible to pronounce? It's Just Soap is made with natural ingredients like shea butter, olive oil, coconut oil. It gives you a luxurious lather for the best shower experience. Every shower should feel this good. The holiday season is coming. You should show your loved ones that you care about their skin. Go to itsjustsoap.com. That's itsjustsoap.com. Leave off the A for additives. And use the code BASTATEGOLF for 15% off your first purchase. When Dom Dastily asked me, if the perfect game would host this series about Tom Sullivan, I was honored. Sully was a pro's pro in the Bay State. If you haven't listened to past Sully episodes on this feed, I urge you to give each of them a listen. Every episode provides a piece of the Sully puzzle. Without further ado, here's the next episode in Dom's excellent series about Tom Sully Sullivan. My name is Jim Cunningham. I was fortunate to be able to serve as president of the Wyandotte Country Club for eight years during the early 2000s. When I was on the committee looking for a new professional, we actually interviewed quite a number of professionals and narrowed it down to three. Sully was one, obviously. He had a great manner about him during the interview process. We ended up with three very good potential choices, but very quickly the committee narrowed it down to Tom and we were unanimous in our desire to submit to the board Tom as, as our new professional and they readily agreed he was the right man for the job. I'm Dominic Dastily and this is Sully, a narrative podcast series about PGA professional Tom Sullivan. Episode 10, Wyantanuck. My name is Tom Burkle. I've been a member at Wayantana Country Club for 39 years. I am also uh, happy to be the secretary of the club. The first time that I met Sully was he had been hired and it was a typical weekend. So there were a bunch of groups gathering, you know, at the first tee. And he came out and introduced himself, you know, to get to know folks. But I remember that day distinctly because there were groups assembled waiting to go patiently. And up the hill comes one of the more high profile members, shall we say, and walks up rather confidently and says hi to Sully and he introduces himself. He proceeds to say, well, do you think there's a spot where we can slide out? And Sully says, well, we could probably get you, you know, on the golf course somewhere else. But if you want to go off the first tee, there's about five groups in front of you. (laughs) And he knew exactly who he was talking to. That level of self-confidence and, you know, being self-assured just kind of was a, a keynote of how he was going to manage and how he seriously he took his responsibility as kind of managing the flow. My name is Mark Levesque, and I was Tom Sullivan's assistant golf professional at Wyantana Country Club for a total of four years. Every weekend, he would get out there on the tee and, you know, hold his court and, and watch people tee off and interact with them when they were going out, look at their equipment, talk to them about, you know, uh, how they're playing, the whole deal. 
He did this every Saturday and Sunday, and he loved it. He just absolutely loved interacting with people. Then, you know, he'd go from the first tee to the putting green, and he'd go around and watch people chip and putt. And, you know, if he saw something that was a little off or a little funky and, or somebody was saying, hey, I'm struggling with this, he'd be out there and they'd, he'd be giving them a lesson. And when you see this and you work with this, you, you realize to yourself, it's like, my God, I mean, you know, this is what a PGA professional should be. Standing there on the tee watching somebody hit one tee shot, and then after the round was over, Sully would meet him in the, in, in the clubhouse down below, and he would take that person, if he saw something that was off, he'd take him to the tee, and they'd go out there and have, you know, a half hour, 40 minutes he'd spend with him, just impromptu, off, off the way, just to try to help him. My name is Channing Gibson, and I've been a member at Wyantonet Country Club since 2017. He's there to give advice. Hey, remind me again, I have a downhill lie with my fairway club on number blah, blah, blah. But he would also uh, joke around with guys about a, a bad tee shot. You know, and number one, you know, everything goes wrong, it seems like. He's not at all averse to giving a shit about that. He was one of the guys, and the guys there give each other endless rafts of shit. I considered it a rite of passage when I was, first of all, given shit and not just the newcomer they had to be nice to. And then when I finally reached the point where I felt like I could actually dish a little bit back, that was a big deal. And Tom fit into that program perfectly. There was a group of us, all roughly Tom's age, <laughs> old. We would play typically on a Friday and then we would stop up at this little local brewery and there was usually anywhere from four to seven or eight of us. We'd have our own special little table, and we did that routinely. And often, very often, uh, if Tom had nothing going on, no lessons or no particular events to worry about, Tom would come up and join us, which was great. Tom, you know, was a not only a golf fan, but uh, a sports fan in general. So there was always lots of uh, banter going back and forth regarding not only golf, but all sports. It was a very pleasurable time. I, Tom enjoyed it. Tom, of course, did not drink. The rest of us did, but he had his Diet Pepsis and just enjoyed being with us, I think, and we enjoyed having him. My name is Malcolm Fick, and I've been a member at Wyantonet for 10 years. Well, one of the things I enjoyed getting to know Sully is uh, we would hang out at the uh, brewery and uh, with a bunch of guys. Sully was a teetotaler at the time and uh, would always drink Cokes as we were drinking beer. But one day he looked at me, uh, and Tom Burkle was there. He says, uh, uh, you know, you two, are, um, you two are very similar. And he looked at me and says, yeah, you both, uh, you both, when you take a lesson, your first reaction is, yes, but. <laughs> Tom and I like to internalize things, and uh, that, uh, that's what struck him. <laughs> yes, but. <laughs> one thing that I remember was when his kids were young, Ryan, the son, was always involved in a play. But I remember, as you get to know the personalities of the kids as they're growing up, and Ryan was in, like, the Christmas Carol every year up in Pittsfield, and then he was in the school plays and town plays. And so we're sitting one time by the clubhouse late one afternoon, and he's talking about, yeah, I've got to get going. i got to take Ryan to, you know, practice for the play. And I said, yeah, but he, he gets involved in a lot of those. And he goes, yeah, oh, yeah, he's, he loves it. And I said, where does he get that from? And in like a second, Sully says, oh, he gets that from me. And I said, from you? And he said, oh, yeah. He said, when I was a kid, I was in every play I could be in. <laughs> and, and what struck me about that was that center stage was never a problem for him. He was completely composed and he wanted to perform. 
he was willing to deal with whatever situation came up that was in his purview. So if it was, you know, to go tell somebody that, you know, you have to move along. I mean, he had a nice way of doing it, but he was prepared. If somebody was going to overreact, he was prepared to speak reasonably to them and lay it on the line. Metaphorically, he had a balance sheet that had a lot of credibility on and goodwill on it. People understood that he was a good player, that he was a good teacher, that he was congenial, easy to get along with, loved to laugh. All of those things put together gave him a tremendous amount of credibility so that if he stepped into a situation that was right in his wheelhouse with regard to controlling things on the golf course or structuring an event in the appropriate manner, those were things that people definitely had respect. That was his thing, and he was the guy that you would go to for that. For him, it was personal. He was in charge, and he felt responsibility. He felt responsible to his people that worked underneath him. I remember one person was struggling a bit, and Tom felt he had to be there more often, and that cut into his opportunities to golf and, and even teach. But he took the job seriously, and that doesn't mean he was always easy. He could be very grumpy if things weren't going well. He would complain about things he didn't like that were happening on the golf course or when people weren't being acting in a respectful way or divots aren't being replaced. He hated bad behavior of any kind. And everyone, everyone looked up to and respected Sully. When he's up on the, just standing outside the pro shop and you're teeing off on number one, you're aware that he's watching you in the same way that when you're teeing off on 12 and he's teaching a lesson, you know that he might have, a, have an eye cocked over your direction to see what your, uh, what your tee shot looks like. My name is Sharon Conley. I've been a member at Wyanton Country Club for 20 plus years. Tom knew where everybody was on the course. If I went off at 3.15 with a couple of girls and my husband showed up at 4.15, he'd say, they're probably a number four. I'll take you out there. He knew where people were. He knew that somebody who's taken a cart for 11 holes, you know, they're only going to get charged for a cart for 11 holes. He knew that they were taking it for number 12 and 18 as well. He knew. Oh, he always drove out on the course to check on us. We swore under our breath as he was driving up. Oh, shit, here he comes again. He's going to yell at us for something. Uh, we got in trouble for playing the back nine when it was flooded, but oh well. We were just, we were playing Lynx golf. We were hitting to the dry spots. It seemed like it made sense. We got in trouble because he came out and found us. And he always watched. He knew everybody's swing. He knew what putts you didn't make on number six, what putts you did make, because he was kind of just hanging around. His eyes were taking it all in. He knew it all. There was one late night, my uh, opponent and I finished around 7.30. It was, you know, not dark, but it was starting to get to be evening for sure. And Tom actually drove down to 18 to uh, ask us how, how the match had turned out. But I imagined that there was a little glint in his eye when he found out that I had actually won the match and what the score was. That stands out very clearly in me, that he drove down there to see how the match ended up. Just two guys out on the golf course at, you know, late at night. He was everywhere all the time. Right now, you know, the middle of the winter, where would you find Tom? In the pro shop. Because he was never, he never stopped working, really. Even in the middle of the winter. My name is Larry Premilani. I worked in the Wyantnick Pro Shop with the pro Tom Sullivan for 13 years. Tom was Wyantnick. Someone who, uh, at 70 years of age and working for 50 years as a golf professional, really, really enjoyed what he was doing. 
it was ironic in that um, there's so much uh, Tom had to do. There's so many details in, in the pro shop. But if you went into his office, it was uh, full of paperwork and uh, on the floor, on his desk, somewhat filed, but mostly just hanging around. Ironically, it was time after time after time, whenever you would need something, uh, paperwork or something, he'd find it immediately. He'd just walk right in and reach into one of the piles and find whatever it was you were looking for. It was constant, and I couldn't, couldn't get over it. My name is Marge Kinney, and I'm the ladies' golf chair at Wyantana Country Club. Whenever I was running a tournament or scotches or the ladies were running tournaments, you could go to Tom, and he would sit down and help you figure out what to do and figure out your prize money. And he would always throw in a little extra prize, like for closest to the pin on 11 or 9, and he did that out of his own pocket, and he just you just felt comfortable going up and asking him questions because he was always there to help you. I always felt that Tom never favored the men over the women like some clubs do. <laughs> I feel that some clubs favor the men, but he never did that. He always made us feel just as important. One of the wonderful things about him is that he would walk out of the club of the pro shop when he had an assistant pro in there or, or there was extra help around, and he would say, are you guys playing? Can I join the group? And he would do this with several groups. On a weekend, just join in and go out and play. Especially if you had an odd number, he would make up the group and out you'd go. One day we're playing, and he was not really sharp the first nine holes. They shot like 39, which is really abnormal for him. So nobody really said anything, but on we go to number 10 and we play 10 through 18 and he played beautifully on the way in. Four birdies canceling out his performance on the front side. He ends up shooting even par. And I had been keeping the score and I finished keeping the score and tallying up. I said, boy, Sully, you really did well coming in. I mean, four birdies, great focus. He ended up with a really good round. And he just said, yeah, he, after we finished nine holes, I gave myself an objective to make sure that I was back to even par by the time we finished. And I marveled at that. To me, that was a more impressive display of his capacity as a player than him shooting a 64 or a 62 or something like that. How he managed to focus on something, set a goal, and then work to achieve it. I don't remember exactly how it came up the first time. I might have been talking about our kids, and I might have shared that I had a son who was going through some struggles with substances and that it was a family disease. But that opened up a conversation in which he shared his own struggles with booze. He talked about the fact that he didn't drink and couldn't drink, and, but had, had to learn that the hard way and, and almost at the expense of his golf career. This was just down in the range. This is Sully sitting in the golf cart. I've probably called him over to ask him a question. He was always available for a question. I thanked him for sharing his story with me. It was generous of him to do that. But... People who've gone through addiction, whether it's from my side, being the family of an uh, addict alcoholic, or in Sully's case, struggling with addiction himself, there's a shared language, there's a shared pain, there's a shared understanding, and also there's an honesty. If there's one thing you could say about Sully <laughs> that is absolutely irrefutably true, it's that he was 100% honest. He didn't like bullshit. He didn't like bullshitters. He didn't like people who, uh, who were affected because that's exactly the opposite of the person that he was. One of the most unaffected people you'll ever meet.
My name is Peter Bacon. I'm the golf superintendent at Wyantana Country Club, and I've been working here since 1988. In the industry, there's just a natural tension sometimes between superintendents and pros because superintendents, their main goal is to keep the golf course in pristine condition. And of course, the golf pro, he's thinking about tournaments and keep members happy. But with Tom, I had no problem getting along with him. When I'd go see him, I'd stop in the course. He'd be over giving a lesson. He'd be done. And the first thing he always said is, uh, what's up? When he said that, I knew it was like time to stop and shoot the bull. Tom gave us all the scoop, what's going on behind the scenes, or somebody's complaining, or this group or that. So he would always come in and let us know stuff that we wouldn't know. The local scoop in the club, we're always kind of waiting for him to come through the door and go, you weren't going to believe this. Even now, we, we kind of look for him, figuring he's going to come through the door, but he's not. He would often, toward the end of the day, just take half hour or so drop down to the practice area and just be hitting shots. I asked him once, I said, what do you, what do you use when you come down here? And you're just hitting one after the other after the other. And, and he says, oh, five iron. He goes, I like to hit the five iron. He'd be down there hitting one five iron after another in the calmest sort of way. And each one looked exactly the same. Every now and then I would ask him, what were you working on over there? And his answer was always the same, tempo. To me, that was like his watchword. And when you saw him there hitting in the late afternoon, that's what you were watching. You were watching like this almost metronome-like back and through. Several of us noticed that, you know, the first time we went around and played up 18, you almost would expect to see him there. He's not going to be forgotten, I can promise you that. In my group, for example, there's one fellow who, who is a terrible bunker player who Tom tried unsuccessfully, mostly because the guy was just stubborn, but tried unsuccessfully to make him a better bunker player. But for sure, and within our group, that'll be a topic of a conversation. Anytime this guy gets in the bunker, somebody's going to say, well, if poor Tom was still here, maybe he could fix this for you. But... <laughs> There'll be plenty of good-natured jabbing going on in Tom's memory. Thanks for listening to Sully, a narrative podcast series about PGA professional Tom Sullivan, produced by Dominic Dastily, in association with Wyantanet Country Club and the Northeastern New York PGA.